Welcome to Masala PTI with your hosts, Ravi and Arvind. Pardon these Indians as they take you on a unique and wild ride around the world of sports. Welcome to the final uh, episode of uh, Masala PTA for the year 2020. Here's your host, uh, Aravind, with uh, his partner in crime, Ravi. Ravi, it uh, uh, looks like the horrible year 2020 is coming to an end. I just thought we'll uh, sync up and basically uh, review and you know a horrible year as well as preview 2021 a lot of stuff happening in sports but first and foremost happy holidays and uh, how have you been doing this december yeah hello everyone arvind and hello to everyone that's been listening to us uh, thank you so much for your continued subscription uh, to uh, our rantings and ramblings uh, yeah 2020 couldn't have gotten uh, any any worse right i mean i'm so glad that uh, we are days away from looking at it in the rear view mirror and for whatever reason i'm just thinking that 2021 is you know cannot you know hopefully brings a better future for all of us not just in the sports front but across uh, who we are as human beings but with that said uh, you know yeah i think uh, what has kept us i guess afloat in a lot of ways has been uh, the sporting events right i mean the football right. the basketball starting now so all of that has definitely kept us in good spirits and uh, that will i'm sure continue through the next few weeks and months yes yes i think uh, even sporting wise it's been a pretty up and down year right i think this is the first year we were uh, all of us sports fans have to really deal with no sports we lost sports for a bit right which we all assumed will never happen right the rhythm of sports in the us is basically every league kind of have their own calendar and the year is filled with either baseball basketball or football right the top 3 sports but this year all of it was taken away for like 3 months and uh, i don't even know how we survived but somehow yeah. we did and then since then it's been like a overdose of sports at some points even though there has been a lot of challenges and weirdness so the first thing ravi i thought was let's just from a sports perspective as as you nicely put it the entire life of human beings have been just horrible this year across the world uh, i've never seen anything like that right most of the disasters ravi are typically geographically localized right so yes. earthquakes whatever this thing's the weirdest part is uh, you know my my friends and family in india is as affected as i am here and we are like tens of thousands of miles apart and doesn't seem to matter at all uh given all that you know that's a larger discussion for smarter people i guess but we let's just i thought touch on sports and kind of see what are your on uh, mine uh three worst and best moments of 2020 right and in three in true 2020 fashion i think uh, there's probably more on the worst side than the best best side so let's go with the three worst moments first and uh i will let you go and and, and maybe uh, we will overlap maybe we won't but uh let's quickly go over what you thought were three of the low points of this year from a sports perspective 
Yeah, the once and I know that you and I discussed this uh, prior to this particular session on you know selecting three and I was thinking if we were to rank or if we were to list out there probably were more than a dozen but at the end of the day I wasn't really able to hone in on three really awful happenings I mean you know I wasn't able to get through to the three so what mm-hmm. I will do instead is talk about a couple that in my mind were the lowest of the low points and I couldn't start uh, you know any further than something that happened prior to covid and that was obviously the death of kobe right uh, so and i know that that uh, obviously precedes uh, the you know the the the, the calamity the pandemic that uh, uh, that snared us all across the world for the rest of the year but i still cannot fathom the uh, you know the fact that uh, we have grown up l- enjoying basketball as a sport and really getting introduced to the nba once we moved to this country and one of our early uh, kind of propellers to our interest was this young kid called kobe bryant who was being drafted straight from high school was this brash arrogant kid who thought he was too good for michael jordan at the all star game and eventually took over our world in a way that no other enemy has or rival has being suns fans always having to match up to kobe and the lakers and failing more often than not he always was the cover of our hopes and from that to now talking about him in the past tense to me is yeah. something that i still feel to this day is uh, is one of the sadder things across all sports so leave alone you know this year or basketball in particular but that's something which definitely ranks right up there as the worst or the the worst thing that has happened in sport this year mm-hmm. um the the yeah sorry go ahead no no go ahead no i mean that's obviously in my list as well because how can it not be right that's probably one of the biggest sports story even if covid had not happened and and even if we had a decent year that would have been a horrible uh, sports story of the year the weirdest thing ravi aside from all that you said was we uh, took a while for me to even hit me and the most weird thing is because he is the first superstar from kind of our generation of following sports right like you said who is actually not with us anymore who has passed on mm-hmm. and the fact that he coincided with this whole internet youtube twitter instagram generation even though he was not that big on social media himself but he his fans were right his his laker fans were and things like that even now i somehow feel like he's actually not gone because yes. there's so yes. much content and so much shared about him and around him it's weird in the sense it's been almost a year i feel like he's still around uh, that's been one of the most strangest part of that strategy for me I completely agree and I think it is also and you know you will see the same thread from an uh, from a mindset perspective in the other two sad story the you know listings that I have that mm-hmm. it is a reminder to us that these guys these personalities these uh, individuals who do a job for a living which ends up becoming a spectacle in our eyes as the audience they hold our attention and our memories because 
we attach a certain portion of our life with them so therefore even when they are gone the memory True. of for example what were you or i doing when kobe was hitting his you know 81 point uh, apogee like you know that matter right. as much as the fact that there is an 81 point stat uh, stat sheet on kobe's uh, legend exactly there's a nostalgia a very strong sense of nostalgia attached to it right and these yeah. are you know i feel the same way about tim duncan for example as suns fans it's yes. not just we love or hate tim duncan uh, it's just that he was a huge part of our life when we were younger and having more fun or more stupid or whatever it's kind of they occupy a space in a portion of our life that's a great point you make um, yeah how about how about your uh, next yeah a couple of ones and both of by the way so i figured that in an year that has been so horrible you can't get any worse of you know you can't think of anything worse than actual mortality or the lack thereof in terms of what is sad and in this regard my second and third and i'm going to be brief and combine these second and third listing into one is also the death of sports personalities and both neither of the neither of these are part of the us sports ecosystem uh but both of these have left i'm sure for you and me and mil- and thousands of others who grew up in india such an imprint when we were growing up and one of them happens to be a cricketer his name was dean dean jones he was an australian cricketer and the second one was obviously in some uh, in uh, by some accounts one of the greatest footballers that is soccer footballers of all time diego maradona mm-hmm. yeah. both of them passing away this year uh, in quick succession and it's weird that neither of them had any connection to each other played different sports were in different you know decades had nothing to do generationally with each other but for people like you and me growing up in a uh, in in a broadcast media system where there weren't hundreds of channels to skim through you only had one government run television station which used to air specific sports programming at certain right. parts of certain hours of the day and i have this indelible memory of having watched dean jones batting that is playing cricket at 2 am in the morning our time in india and watching right, him play right. against india and similarly watching diego maradona's histrionics in the 1986 uh, world cup uh, including the hand of god in the quarter finals against england that was right. another one of those rare sporting events which was telecast live on the indian Uh, broadcasting channel and so therefore those memories and the human beings that were associated with those memories became indelible to us and to hear that and to see that both of them passed away this year again was it felt like a piece of your childhood has been taken away from you so those would be my second and third listings yes that's a great point that's that's three great names from our childhood and slash adulthood ravi and yeah. it's basically i would say the in terms of age it's probably we went from watching maradona to dean jones to kobe right indeed it it's of course we watched several other players too but that's the chron- uh, chronological order of those three and they are all gone that's that's a great list um sad list uh, but that's how 2020 has gone for me the second one is uh, i i'm just going to keep it till you know i i i wanted to keep it away from the mortality 
especially since you have done a good job of covering it i guess now i don't feel i have to feel guilty about it the second one is just sports itself disappearing and on, on mm-hmm. that night when we figured out rudy gobert was uh, positive yes. yes in retrospect uh, as stupid as he was that night and as cavalier and as much backlash he got by may or something i had come to the conclusion that in a weird way he might have saved a lot of lives actually because he forced nba to shut down and i think when nba shut down and then the ncaa march madness shut down the very next day or maybe the conference tournament shut down the very next day that was a slap in our face and it kind of woke us all up to what this covid really was yes i think in a weird way rudy gober uh, screwed up and helped america take that next step in realizing this seriousness right uh, but the fact that sports was completely taken away from us uh, we couldn't go to work we couldn't do anything between march and july or whatever that was as unexpected as it was you know it was probably not the most tragic thing in the world but it was really unexpected and from a sports perspective i thought i would rank that as one of the three worst things of the year and the third one ravi on a little bit of a lighter vein uh, uh in true 2020 fashion you know the la teams winning championships was yes. really horrible for me too <laughs> both the lakers and the dodgers I I thought I don't have to see either of that for another 10 years at least I was hoping <laughs> unfortunately I, none of us have been that lucky in 2020 uh well except laker fans I guess but anyway to me that was a low point to the two LA teams winning two championships so it's 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 hilarious arvin that my number 4 was actually seeing the <laughs> dodgers and the lakers win championships you know literally back to back right and the sense in quick succession again So right it was it was right up there and i couldn't tell you that uh, our lists in this regard are so closely aligned because uh, i really uh, completely agree with your point around gobert almost unintentionally and in a very stupid way becoming yeah. the foreteller to what was going to happen and exactly. being you know being kind of a beacon of goodness later on because it made people get a lot more attentive right uh, right Uh, right and, and you know and i think so so that 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 i completely uh, see see that as well but this la dodgers and the lakers <laughs> winning uh, really really <laughs> was was a, was a perfect encapsulation was for what the year was right right and you know gobert god bless me got his 205 million dollars or whatever so he had a good 2020 overall i guess right. so now on to the good sports things that happened in 2020 uh do you want me to go first or you want to go first no go ahead okay, so uh my top 3 i had a little bit of difficulty with it like i said with all the la teams winning and all that uh at some level i uh, you know it, this is in no specific order but i do want to mention you know it's been a joy just watching patrick mahomes play Mm-hmm. football right it's it's there's been a lot of uh, comparison to steph curry right uh, the joyous uh, nature of his shenanigans between 2014 and 2018 or whatever yeah. and to me from a football perspective mahomes brings that same kind of joy and 
it's it's just something we should enjoy while we can because we never know how long these things last right to the point like we don't know where Curry's career is going uh, Mahomes is younger and he seems to be you know in, in 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 most of his career seems to be in front of him but who the hell knows so i've been enjoying his ascension as well as his you know super bowl championship and his general generally every time he's on tv i feel like it's a treat and that's been one of the few bright spots for me in 2020 and in a lot of ways ravi reminds me of the kurt warner rams right in the early yes. 2000s yes. the uh what do they call it uh, i forgot uh, the greatest show on turf right yes the greatest show on turf oh, i was yeah. just blanking there thank you so that's the closest one that comes to my mind in terms of football uh and of course the seven seconds or sons less sons and the 20 mid 2015s warriors are the other two comparisons so i've been enjoying my homes the other one is obviously the bubble suns right the bubble suns were great now it's also sad that uh, eight games regular season stretches our highlight of our sports lives <laughs> this year or That's maybe right. of the last five years as a suns fan but i really enjoyed the uh, bubble suns um, oh why don't you go ahead with a couple of yours and then i'll come back to mine Uh, or if you want to add some thoughts to those two that's fine too yeah i'll actually take off on your second point because that you know kind of an extrapolation of that happens to be in one of my uh, or happens to be one of mine as well and that is in general the the coming back to relevance of the arizona sports teams whether it's the cardinals mm-hmm. and or the suns as well um i was looking back arvin that the last time we had the enjoyment of uh, being excited about both the cardinals and the suns in the same calendar year so in kind of in the same or overlapping seasons was about 14 years back when you know the warner wow. led suns or sorry the warner led cardinals and the suns led uh, and the nash led suns were both relevant as contenders because after that sure. uh, you know when the 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 carson palmer era Cardinals were good. The Suns were in the tank, and obviously, the latter part of the Nash era Suns uh, did not feature too much goodness from the Cardinals standpoint. So, I think we are onto something next year. Hopefully, we are going to you and I are going to be sitting back on this pod a year from now, talking about hopefully a championship, if not at least a good playoff run for both of these teams. But so far, so good. So, I completely agree with uh, that being one of the revelations of this year. right right and the third one for me is actually i i was going to mention that too that the fact that the cardinals are also relevant uh yeah. but then since you mentioned that uh I, I, you know the the other good thing if at all to come out of covid is the fact that at some level we have been able to resurrect sports and yes. things are going forward you know that's my third uh, kind of positive thing for the year because it's not been great let's face it maybe nfl is kind of pushing through when they should not be sometimes i i read somewhere ravi i blew my mind i think last week 21 players were positive or something like that and i am like wow. how are they even playing i it blows my mind but as selfish consumer i'm going to say that the fact that somehow some way for money or for greed or whatever the fact that 
sports is at least happening, not just in America or NFL, right? The world over, in some form, sports have been resurrected and it's been happening. That, that's been a, 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 a somewhat of a you know, light at the end of the tunnel that I've been uh, happy about as well. So those are my three. And again, uh, you know, it's it's funny. Uh, my my second point that I had in the in the in the list of good things was the last point you mentioned, which is it has been just fabulous to see the resurrection of uh, sports. You know, something that I remember you and I when we had this pod over the summer, we were uh, you know wagering odds on what's the likelihood of the NFL season actually reaching its logical end. And I think neither right. of us thought it would go beyond a few weeks. And to think back that not only have we reached you know, week 17, uh, but for the most part, all the obstacles that we were fearing would come up, have come up. And you're right. right, it's almost been like an 18-wheeler going without brakes. The NFL has decided that they are going to complete the season irrespective of common sense in some cases. Uh, but mm-hmm. for us, selfish consumers, we've had a ball and we've had... Uh, you know, a season in real and fantasy terms, uh, much beyond what we are what we were expecting in August. Uh, uh, you know, even in early September. So I thought that was good. My, my by the way, my really quickly my last point because I know we will be talking fantasy. But my last good point was something very personal, and that is that this year, from a fantasy football perspective, I felt we got back to that age-old dilemma around. Who are more important running backs or is an RB first strategy better than a wide receiver or otherwise? And this year to me clearly established the value of high quality running backs in fantasy football. And to me, you know, just validation that I'm not going to change my strategy for the next <laughs> five, five years. Really? Yeah, I want to double click on that if you don't mind, Ravi, because I was just talking to one of our other co-owners uh-huh. recently. And, uh, you know, we were debating whether it's time to move on because you and I and all the old timers are still like obsessively fixated on running backs. Right. So why do you think why do you think that has been validated this year? So Uh, tell me more. Yeah, so I have two data points, one of which is uh, something that uh, in, in our League of Record, uh, we mentioned it yesterday in a group chat. Uh, one of the owners in our league uh, went the zero RB route and actually loaded up on three of, in my mind, the five best wide receivers that were available, right? Godwin, Michael Thomas and uh, Julio Jones. The problem with that strategy was that if one or more of them got injured, you are essentially left with a hole at that position because wide receivers do not function in a starter and backup uh, scenario. Whereas mm-hmm. running backs to me are in that sense, you know, pretty, pretty, you know, the role profile is very straightforward. If a starter goes down, the backup more often than not assumes that role. So to me, when I thought of this owner who on paper had Michael Thomas, Chris Godwin and Julio Jones at the beginning of the season. So essentially he had a season long guarantee at the wide receiver and flex position, ended up never getting to play all three of them, even for one single week. Wow. And, yeah. and in the bargain ended up losing out on you know running backs that he could have picked and ended up with, I believe, Melvin Gordon and Devin Singletary. So you- 
so basically what you're saying is for a running back you could at least lay your hands on a solid backup so that was going to be my second so that's the second data point wherein you could counter example me uh, on my first point by saying you know the same thing happens if a running back gets injured and candidly you were the biggest uh, victim of that if in a at least in at least one of the leagues because you kind of lost uh, mccaffrey for a significant portion of the season Right. Similarly, Saquon was lost to a lesser yeah. extent. Joe Mixon ended up losing half the season. But in each one of those cases, if we had drafted, or if we had acquired, or if we had added Mike Davis or Wayne Gallman or even Gio Bernard, I think we got eighty-five cents on the dollar for the value of mm. the starter. That's an interest. That's where, that's... to me, the wide receiver never is at the same level as a as a running back. that's an interesting point their uh, uh, running backs are both uh, irreplaceable and more replaceable at the same same yes. you know point that's an interesting point this is so for some reason this reminds me of another conversation i had with our uh, winner of our league ravi don't want to bore the listeners with the details of a particular match out but you know this very well the winner of our super bowl in fantasy went against a team leading by 38 or something on a monday night and then the other team almost erased the entire thing behind devonte adams right right and right. he was telling me how it was one of the most tense stretch because devonte adams erased almost all of it in a half or something like that yes yes that that made me think to i actually told him another thing which is a big difference between running back and quarterback i told him let's assume it was not devante adams it was uh, aaron jones that his opponent had right and let's say he got 28 points in the first half i told him then you are definitely you would have lost this because a running back with a huge lead is only going to give more points more exactly right? exactly whereas devonte adams once the packers went up like 34 10 or whatever we all kind of knew he was done he was not going to do much more damage and surprisingly actually aaron rodgers kept going to him going even to him. in the late fourth quarter right which was a complete outlier he should have actually stopped five or six fantasy points if it was any other team i think adams would not even have gotten the last five or six fantasy points because they would have just ran the clock and yeah. that's when it struck me that's another benefit of running back is in a blowout and they may get switched by their backup but as long as they are on the field they actually have more potential in blowouts later in the game than a running uh, than a receiver which probably is a obvious point but i never really thought of it that way no, I, I completely i'm and i have held to the held very strongly to that belief for a long time that running backs are more or far less game script dependent than wide receivers are Right? right and what you just mentioned is a perfect illustration of that and what goes along with it arvind is wide receivers therefore are also not just game script dependent but dependent on another very key role position player doing their job in this case you need an aaron rodgers to feed devante adams enough to make devante adams kind of the hyper beast he is whereas right. on defense let's say if your defense ends up getting a turnover takes the ball to the opponent's 10 yard line you know that the running back is back in business 
he is yes. going to get one or two carries inside the red zone so i so the, so that it is i completely agree with you and to your point also unless the game script is such where a team is trailing by three touchdowns and in that case the running back yes will end up getting deemphasized and the wide receiver becomes relevant in yeah. no other scenario does a running back kind of get get uh, deemphasized from the game script whereas the wide receiver to your point you're up by 25 wide receiver is not going to see the ball right right exactly and even in those uh, kind of the lopsided blowouts where the running game goes out of the windows even then they may get a couple of carries at the red zone and then exactly. things like that and Anyways. and and we are talking in the in what is ironic is i feel there are maybe a handful of players maybe three or four uh, among pass catchers and i am including i'm saying pass catchers instead of wide receiver because i would include kelsey in this group basically three or four wide receivers who are even in this conversation as someone that keep getting keep being relevant even up by 35 i think adams is one last night digs ended up catching a touchdown while the bills were up by 30 or so already or 25 or so but right. other than that for the most part i would never prioritize drafting a wide receiver in front of a running back purely because of what you just mentioned that they are extremely dependent upon game script and the play of the quarterback Awesome. That's a great conversation. And here, as you know, it's never too early to get started on uh, the next fantasy season. So we will, uh, we will put that, uh, we'll note that down for future strategy. Indeed. Anyways, now, now on to the field, Ravi. Uh, what do you think is happening to the Cardinals? And let's talk a little bit about the NFL playoff oh, picture. Man. Looks like it's clarifying, but unfortunately, in the NFC, Cardinals are kind of... Uh, you know they're not clinched anything yet so it looks like it's coming down to them or the bears right for the last uh, spot you probably understand this better than me what what's the deal for week 17 uh, so so i guess if the cards win they and the uh, and the rams are in unless the bears beat the packers uh, okay but if the cards win and the bears win then the rams are out that's because the cards hold the tiebreaker against the rams uh, and obviously if the cards lose uh, rams and the bears are in irrespective of what happens in the bears green bay game so the cards basically have to win against uh, rams uh, and if they do so they are in irrespective of what else happens um that's good uh, that's good that's at least that, they they hold you know the proverbial they control their own destiny situation they absolutely do and i think that's where the seahawks win against the rams day before yesterday was a huge uh, pull up for yeah, them yeah. i mean and so you are saying even if they win and the bears win they are in so if they win and the bears win the rams are out yes okay, that's what okay. yeah that's good. so because it, because i was going to ask you next if the packers have uh, any motivation to see they rest do. people no they do have motivation to play and play, to right? win yeah. because uh, as was clearly evident on sunday night green bay is a tough place for anyone to go play and i think the packers want to ensure the number one seed Uh, and because they are one game ahead of the saints but i don't know what the tiebreaker situation is and th- and i think that tiebreaker is slightly more complicated and candidly i'm sure they know it and the saints know it but i i don't <laughs> i haven't figured it out but at least 
from a you know from a lay person's perspective i feel they go in feeling like they better win so that there is no chance that they could end up in a tiebreaker okay oh by the way seahawks are over just a game behind too so they they oh, okay. you're right so oh, they yeah. may have to well like you said they will know the tiebreaker situation but and, it's more complicated than what meets the high so hopefully they and, play and beat the bears either and way. the other thing as far as specifically green bay is concerned and by the way this also is related at least in my my mind this is also related to what happened uh, on sunday night when adams kept getting passes thrown to him even at the end rogers is in a major fu mode this season <laughs> and you know and part of it is you know was shown like he kept throwing even when they were up by 30 on sunday night and i feel there is no way he's going to let go uh, you know or let uh, take the foot off the pedal against the bears uh, so irrespective of how the tiebreakers end up working out i have a feeling green bay goes into that game wanting okay. to win willing to win and kind of closing out the bears so that Plus worries he- me yeah yeah No I was going to say plus he may have some motivation to shore up his MVP MVP uh, yes it great yeah, point yeah. great point because to me it's close i mean i know mahomes might be the best player in the league as you know as a fact but rogers is closing the gap i feel from an mvp perspective this season yes because mahomes i would say for all his greatness has probably been a little bit more up and down right than rogers at least through the games he always seems to have a couple of bad quarters early and then he's on fire in the fourth quarter you know for all the overdose of uh, overdone analytics and data points there was one that i found really interesting that i think i believe mahomes is leading the league in <laughs> dropped interceptions with 16 the season wow. so so he's thrown 16 passes which should have been ints which were dropped by opposing uh, db so i know i mean not that it 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 records itself in a scorebook uh, but mm-hmm. yeah you're right i think he's not been as infallible as usual okay so the, unfortunately ravi the most interesting storyline might be who wins that spot for for the e- nfc east right so it's going to be a team which is 7 and 9 we know yeah. that for a sure yeah but who is that it going to be it's uh, what do you think is it do the cowboys make it i think cowboys have they actually have a good shot yeah they're looking good and i must say dalton's not been bad at all i mean i think right. uh, for it was that weird in the between part of the season right where yes they had lost dak but then dalton had a bad first game and then he was out because of the concussion and then the covid thing and then they brought in random folks of the street so those three or four weeks ended up making it seem like the cowboys were horrible but since yeah. he has come back and with the fact that they have three ace wide receivers and zeke's looking good again pollard's mm. been good so i think i hope if any of any one of those crappy teams from the east has to go to the playoffs i think it should be the cowboys I agree Cowboys may give the most entertaining uh, game in the playoffs uh, that's yeah. what it's looking at but, but you know, uh, they have not clinched it right Washington still has a shot so yeah so Washington no actually and so Washington holds its own whatever that proverb is basically it <laughs> it controls its destiny if Washington wins they are in irrespective of what happens with Dallas okay. for Dallas Dallas to get in they have to win and Washington has to lose But so that's you know, what uh, Colin Coward was saying on Fox Sports that the uh, most important guy in the division right now is basically Alex Smith right if he plays uh 
then they if he doesn't play probably washington has no shot right i agree if he plays he may win and like you said they may just be in um now switching on to afc any thoughts there Actually, because there yeah yeah arvin before we move to the afc if you don't mind did want to bring back a quick point around the cardinals because you asked the question I almost would have preferred if the Cardinals were going to play a full strength Rams team this weekend because at least then our expectations would be you know so so or would be like 50-50 now when you know that Goff's not going to play Henderson and Akers are out uh, Cup is out because of covid you I mean you know it's it's hard not to get excited about the Cards chances against the Rams but only and i'm just worried that they'll end up disappointing us hopefully the team is focused right and they are yeah. not, you know complacent or something like that yes well yes. let's let's hope for the best because it's a winnable game obviously even with all those guys healthy right, without right. them they should be able to beat them pretty easily that's a yeah. overrated team anyways the rams yes agreed right but then unfortunately we look like overrated teams too sometimes the cardinals so yeah and la- no uh, no no better example of that than last week and i mean that was horrible right right to your point actually i think uh, we texted about this too i i think it's really stupid to take the niners lightly because you, they have a range of outcomes that they can drop on you right <laughs> you, can, you right. never know what's going to happen because on the one hand they have an awesome coach on the other hand they have a horrible quarterback on the one hand they have super fast running backs and then on the other hand their receivers are hurt but then when they play they are amazing it's like you cannot assume anything about that team exactly exactly and but, but you're you're absolutely right i think the one thing with them is they have just studs on uh, you know on the coaching side both in terms of shanahan as well as the defensive coach when I mean, that team looks well prepared most weeks right right they are they're decent uh all right so afc looks like afc is also down to just one spot which is up for grabs right and um i i don't even know who to pick between these 10 and 5 teams which are basically Colts Titans Ravens and uh Dolphins Dolphins uh, yeah yeah are they the one are they the odd team out you think see uh it could be it is it, you're right it is far more complicated right i mean so if the dolphins lose which they could against the bills unless the bills decide not to play Josh Allen right i mean so then you don't know how the bills are going to Uh, 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 you know, look at at that scenario. But if the Dolphins win, then I think they need for either the Ravens to lose or the Colts to lose or something like that. Right. The Colts are in a situation where I think if they win and Tennessee loses to Houston, the Colts end up winning the division. So, Colts could either win their division or be out of the playoffs. Yeah, wow. So... so from just yeah i i i don't think i've uh, smart enough to break all of the scenarios down ravi but i do feel like probably dolphins are the weakest team in the among that lot whether they make it or not i don't know but that seems to be the weakest team what do you think do you agree with that or would you rather see them in the playoffs ahead of colts or titans or browns or ravens or whoever 
No, uh, no, I think dolphins are definitely the weakest of the lot. I, you know, there are two things there, Arvin. One is, uh, uh, you know, Tua is still not there. Uh, he, right. it's been, it's, it's been, it's been fun, uh, you know, backing him up and uh, to see him come back from that gruesome injury and the team has been winning. But there have, what, been at least two or three games this season already where, you know, um, Fitzpatrick has been the Mariano Rivera of the Miami mm-hmm. Dolphins coming into close games out. And I think that's going to be an issue if the Dolphins, Dolphins were to make uh, the playoffs that I don't think their offense is settled yet. Um, and on top of it, I think it's not helped by the fact that they have now key wide receivers with injury concerns. Gesicki and Jerem- I mean, Hakeem Grant and then also uh, Devante Parker. They are all injured. So, uh, you know, so, so yeah. they, are, they have been a fun story. Gaskin has been fun as well. But I don't think it's a team that should make the playoffs. Especially when right. you compare them to the Colts or the Titans. Right. But I do have to say, though, that whole concept of a closer quarterback is pretty funny. It is. And I like it. I actually give kudos to the coaching staff. I was listening to some sports radio where they were talking about how they are, uh, you know, it's humiliating for Fitzpatrick. I think it's really cool that you tell any skill position player that he has a certain degree of rope. If he does well, he stays on. If he doesn't, we bring the guy that can help us win. I mean, what's wrong with that? Right, right. Plus, they may also have the strategy of uh, if we are behind, you don't have it in you yet to sling the ball around and move the ball at that rate, right? So, we are bringing in a guy who specializes in that, right? Yeah, yeah. Who just slings the ball around and he can actually move. Uh, he may throw interception, but, you know, that's what we need in that Completely situation. agree. In fact, I was arguing about this with my son this morning that, you know, <laughs> his question was then why don't they just start with Fitz? And I was telling him if that was the case, we would be talking about Fitzpatrick like we talk about Aaron Rodgers or Tom Brady. He's not great, right? right. He is meant for those... Uh, ingestions of sheer offense where he'll just sling the ball around. You are so down and out that if he throws a couple of picks, you are anyway going to lose. So you end up losing worse. But there is a slight probability where he'll do what he did versus the Raiders. But if you put him to start the game, right? You know, and he ends up digging a hole for you down 14, then you're done. Actually, this is a fascinating conversation, Ravi. I'm just thinking through this as you are explaining your conversation with your son. I think there's a there's a lot we could read into this, right? Like you said, m- maybe this is a way where they are not letting uh, Fitzpatrick dig the hole for <laughs> themselves, right? You, you right? are absolutely. I completely agree with that. Now, what it reminds me of the other angle to it is, it's like kind of bringing a hot hand of the bench in the NBA. Yes. Right? You were, yes. You know, you remember that famous game where. Uh, uh, Clippers were leading 3-1 and they went into or 3-2 or something and they went into Houston and they should have eliminated them. Instead, Houston was down 15 and then Harden and everything, everybody was on bench and yes. Josh Smith or somebody brought them back. Yes, and very the rest, true. as they say, is history. That's how the that was probably the best chance for the uh, you know, the DeAndre Jordan, Blake Griffin. Uh, uh, again, I'm blanking on the nickname for that team. Uh, yeah, no, so am I. Yeah, CP3, uh, Blake Griffin, uh, the is you know, uh, Lob, Lob City, Lob, Lob City, City, yes, yes, Clippers. That was their best chance to win a championship, but they got eliminated by Houston. 
and the Houston Rockets came back with Harden on the bench doing nothing, right? Yes, yes. So it is somewhat like this, right? So you, I'm going with Tua because he's stabler, he gives me no downside. But then if we somehow end up giving up a lot of points, you come on in and just play offense and take us forward. That's a fascinating <laughs> and logic to what they're doing. Uh, yeah, in the way you put it, it's actually brilliant and it puts the entire game plan in such a more cogent manner, right? Because at this stage in his career, Tua is a glorified running back. And I'm not saying because he runs a lot. He doesn't actually. He just scrambles a little bit. But he has yeah. those typical, you know, 10 or 14 for 50 yards. That would be his passing stats, which are nothing but, you know, a running back basically moving the chains. But what he does is he keeps the game close because the defense is so good that they are never two touchdowns down because he doesn't commit turnovers. He'll move the ball, you know, a little bit and the defense will keep them in the game. And then by some reason, if they end up trailing by a lot, they bring in Fitzpatrick. And I think it's working for them. And I love that approach. It's a refreshing approach. Right, right. Uh, cool. Um that's all I had on the... Oh, um, I think we covered the AFC side, right? So we like the other teams uh, ahead of Dolphins, but who knows who's going to make it. Um, by the way, I'm shocked that at 5 at 10, the New York Giants still have a shot at this. I, I thought know. they were eliminated, but... All right. Anything on the NBA, Ravi? I, I feel like it's still early days. Uh a lot of things going on as far as it's fun to watch, but I don't have any major topics except that the Suns are looking good and I'm hoping they continue to look good. So we have a lot to talk about as uh, the calendar flips to 2021. Yes, yeah, same here, Arvind. I mean, not much uh, at an overall NBA level. It feels like early days. The good teams are doing well. I mean, some of the star players are, have already shown up. Uh, it's exciting to see the Suns. I wish they had won the you know the 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 first game against the kings but other than that i think they're looking good paul seems to be gelling slowly but surely i think better things to look forward to there also i do have to say that it's been great to watch uh, 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 kevin durant uh, yes and the nash and the nash right yeah, right yeah. doing well kevin durant especially coming off of achilles he's looking just awesome uh, I don't know yet where I stand with as far as rooting for the team goes because, you know, uh, not the biggest Kyrie fan and, you know, all that stuff. But at least they are in the East and uh, we'll see how it goes. These, they've been good. Yeah. You know, on this, I just have to mention something on a personal note that uh, the first game, Warriors versus Nets, I went into watching that game pretty sure that because Nash was coaching the Nets and the Nets were going to be fun to root for. And I think you and I spoke about this early on. They were going to be my second favorite team after the Suns. But I must confess, during the game, especially when you saw the Curry Warriors getting you know, lambasted, I kind of felt sad for Curry and the Warriors. Yes. And I couldn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't continue rooting for the Nets. I really felt sad that this was a, a once-in-a-generation no, I... team. And it's so unfortunate, the things that have happened to them. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, that's one of the reasons I don't root for them is because also I like Curry and living in the Bay Area. You know, KD goes from here to there. Yes. So I, I don't know how to process all of that. Obviously, we want Nash to do well. And I think Ravi, actually, he will do well. He's a good guy. 
he has always been really popular among his teammates and he's considered a great leader a lot of people just swear by him yeah i yes. think he's going to be a huge addition to that uh, locker room especially given the weirdness of both curry i mean and kd uh, and kairi right Kyrie, let's yes, face it yes. kd is a little bit of a weird dude Yes, yes. Uh, there's a reason Oklahoma City was showing up to that game with all the cupcakes and things like that, right? Yeah, he so is. So I is. think I think Nash is going to be a underrated add to that whole combination. I think he's going to be really player friendly at the same time really teaching them uh, whatever he needs to. So I'm a little bit, you know, if you're rooting against the Nets, uh which we may be at times like you said for whatever reason right you know if they are playing the suns warriors whatever uh you know nash is going to be uh, a problem actually he's going to help the nets a lot i think agreed agreed yeah cool, cool. that was fun all right yeah and happy new year and hope to continue to do the spot next year and maybe even make it better ravi and you have a great uh Rest of the holidays and let's all hope for a better 2021. Likewise, Arvind. Happy holidays to you and a happy new year to you and to all our listeners. And uh, we'll come back again uh, early in January with another show.